You're listening to Comedy Central. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. November 15, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. And thank you for coming out in the snow. I appreciate you guys, every single one of you. And thank you for tuning in. We have two amazing guests tonight. New York senator and now author Kirsten Gillibrand is gonna be here. And, and later in the show from the new movie Creed II, Tessa Thompson is joining us, everybody. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. But first, there's a ton of news, so let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's start with President Trump. And before you boo, before you boo, (laughs) he's doing something you might actually like. President Trump threw his support behind a deal to implement the biggest criminal justice reform this nation has seen in a generation. Showcasing what would be the most sweeping prison reform agreement in decades. And if it passes, one of the biggest bipartisan laws of his administration. Americans from across the political spectrum can unite around prison reform legislation that will reduce crime while giving our fellow citizens a chance at redemption. You see, that's good news. President Trump is supporting bipartisan criminal justice reform just in time for his entire administration to be indicted by Robert Mueller. (laughs) Just in time. (laughs) He's up there like, these criminals deserve a second term, I mean, second chance. I wonder if when Melania heard about the reduced sentences, she was like, does mean I get out of marriage early now? (laughs) Sorry, baby, you're in for life. (laughs) Speaking of getting out, it's been two years since the UK voted in favor of Brexit, which of course is a cross between brunch and exit. And the prime (laughs) minister has just unveiled her plan on how to do it. And uh, let's just say it has turned into a bit of a clugsterfugsit. Breaking news right now from London, five members of Prime Minister Theresa May's government have resigned, saying they cannot support the 500-page draft for Brexit that was officially submitted to the European Council today. Theresa May is right now trying to explain to both sides of the House of Parliament, and frankly, she's been laughed out of the room. This morning I had meetings with ministerial colleagues and others. 
It is a draft treaty that means that we will leave the EU in a smooth and orderly way on the 29th of March 2019. Now, as usual with British comedy, you may not understand what's so funny. <laughs> Basically, those lawmakers are laughing at Theresa May because they know that her smooth Brexit plan is ridiculous. And of course, it's ridiculous. No breakup is ever smooth, okay? You're gonna Brexit, it's not gonna be smooth. Like, every breakup is like that. You think it's going well, but before you know it, she's with someone new, and then she changes the Netflix password, and then <laughs> you being arrested because you broke in to see how House of Cards ended. <laughs> but I just wanted to see how it feels to have a female president. It's <laughs> the only reason I was there. <laughs> Moving on, uh, if you're a man who's been getting some extra looks out on the street, it's probably because your fly is down, or maybe you just forgot to shave. There's a new study out that says when it comes to facial hair, women prefer a little stubble. The Journal of Evolutionary Biology surveyed 8,500 women and they rated men at different stages. So heavy stubble or guys that had gone 10 days without shaving, that was found to be the most attractive feature. In second came full beards and third, light stubble and dead last was clean shaven. Wow, that's crazy. I never even thought about that. That is... Uh, things I don't even think about. But yeah, apparently women find men more attractive when they have a beard. Although, uh, I don't know if that applies to Idris Elba because even without a beard, look at him, he's still Idris Elba. Yeah. Forget growing a beard. If you really want women, you should just try growing Idris Elba on your face. That's what it should be. Now, the transition period is a little bit rough, but if you stick with it, it's worth it. It's worth it. All right, on that delightful note, let's move on to our main story. Ugh, I've got tape all over my face now. Ugh, freshly shaved. Amazon. <laughs> it's the trillion dollar company that has everything from a progressive show about transgender family to an overnight shipping of an inflatable dildo chair, which at $49.99 is an absolute steal, people. You can't put a price on pleasure. Anyway, as you know by now, it's something still on my face. <laughs> you guys weren't even gonna tell me. You guys weren't even gonna tell me. You're just gonna let me do the show with the stuff on my face. Anyway, as you know by now, this week Amazon announced that they're gonna be opening two new headquarters, which sort of defeats the purpose of headquarters, but whatever. And although politicians in New York are taking a victory lap at getting Amazon to move into their state, some people are giving the move one star. Amazon's decision to put part of its new headquarters in Queens brought a bit of a backlash. In Long Island City, some people are voicing concerns about their new neighbors. This is one of the big concerns, the subway system, and commuters saying that they're worried about the influx of commuters. There's gonna be housing issues, there's gonna be transportation issues, there's gonna be traffic issues, pollution issues. Just this morning, I took out my phone, I deleted the Amazon app off my phone. Yeah! <laughs> deleted the app! I like how people make it seem like deleting an app is permanent. It's gone! Goodbye, Amazon! Oh, wait, wait, I need more toilet paper. Hold on, hold on. Okay, now goodbye. People do that all the time. You know how many people delete Tinder on Sunday morning, and then by Sunday night, they're swiping again. I'm done with Tinder, it's trash! Doop, 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 now I'm horny. Hold on, hold on, let me see. But still, but still, people are really upset that this internet giant is coming to New York. So. For more on the Amazon move, we turn to our correspondent with the most browser tabs open, Jabuki Young White, everybody! <laughs> Do you think that this is a good or a bad move by Amazon? Oh, it's worse than bad, Trevor. 
It's cliche. Amazon's been around for 24 years and now they're doing what any like 24 year old does. What? Move to New York and gentrify a neighborhood. <laughs> you know, they could have at least spent a year teaching English in Bangladesh. Well, well, I mean, Amazon's not trying to be original. They're trying to bring jobs to New York. Oh yeah, that's just what New York needs. Another 25,000 tech bros sucking down green juice on the seven train. <laughs> I mean, do you have any idea how crowded the subway is going to get? It's already a non-consensual close-on orgy. I... <laughs> I literally don't know where my backpack starts and that dude's butt begins. Yes, but, but what about the fact that Amazon is promising to invest two and a half billion dollars into New York? Okay, yeah, but New York is giving Amazon three billion dollars. Who wouldn't take that deal? You don't even need Amazon. You don't need it. I could give you two and a half if you promise me three billion dollars. <laughs> you want jobs? Count my money, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I get it, and you joke, but they are still bringing 25,000 jobs. Well, yeah, but those jobs aren't going to locals. They're bringing people in. And don't think that it won't affect you, Trevor. Just wait until the mayor tells you that The Daily Show has to be hosted by the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually like Mrs. Maisel. Oh, yeah, me too. I haven't seen it, but, like, I love that it exists. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what the worst part of this whole thing is? I just moved to Queens. That place used to have street cred, you know? Nicki Minaj, Nas, 50 Cent. But now when I tell people I live in Queens, they're gonna be like, oh, okay, cool. Could you return this package for me? <laughs> well, well, look, I, I, I'm sorry, but it doesn't seem like there's anything you can do about it now, so there's mm -mm. no point in complaining. Mm -mm, not true, Trevor. We can get out in the streets and stop Amazon before it's too late. Package for you, Oh, Ronnie Chang, everybody. It's Ronnie Chang. Thank you. Ronnie, what, what are you doing? Side hustle. Don't ask. <laughs> I'm ready, my package came. I'm ready to get out and protest. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just order your boycott Amazon sign from Amazon? Yeah. What am I gonna do, go to CVS? <laughs> that place is nasty. Jabuki Young White, everybody. We'll be right back. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the Lord was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f 
themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. My first guest is a Democratic senator for New York and author of the new children's book, Bold and Brave, Ten Heroes Who Won Women the Right to Vote. Please welcome Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming back, and um, we'll get into the book in a moment. We were just talking about Amazon. It feels like that's what's on everybody's lips in New York. You recently commented on the whole Amazon deal Where do you stand on it? Well, I I have some concerns. I mean, I'm glad they recognize that New York is the greatest city in the world, and we have some of the greatest workforce you could possibly ever want. Um, But I'm concerned there wasn't uh, a lot of community input. Right. And we paid a great deal of money, which, unfortunately, we still have families all across Queens, all across New York, who are struggling to make ends meet. So I just, I have some concerns. It's, it's, a, it's a, an interesting dilemma for politicians to be in where you're always trying to balance the game of pleasing corporations and then also pleasing people on the ground. When you look at a situation like this with Amazon, with um, what's happening with Mayor de Blasio and Cuomo, mm-hmm. people are saying you didn't listen to us. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, no, but we did this for the people. Right. But the problem is they gave so many financial incentives to the wealthiest, one of the wealthiest companies in the world uh, and built a helipad for the wealthiest man in the country. I mean, it's absurd that taxpayer dollars went for that kind of investment when we as New Yorkers know how much investment we need in our infrastructure. We need better subways. We need to be able to get work on time. So it's just a comparison of, of how much was offered and the fact that we have so many other urgent needs right now. That's an interesting um, conversation that I think Democrats are going to be having going forward now. The conversation of money versus politics. The Democrats have won the House. The Democrats are picking up more and more seats every single day. It seems like like there was, in fact, a blue wave. (laughs) Going forward, there has been talk of a few ideas the Democrats are pushing forward, and one of those key ones has been getting money out of politics. Is that a realistic idea? I think it's the most important thing we could try to do because everything that you want to accomplish, no matter what it is, the reason why it's so hard is because how much money the special interests, the wealthiest corporations spent on politics and it distorts outcomes. Right. It's really not only soft corruption, but sometimes hard corruption. And so if we want to guarantee health care as a right and not a privilege, well, then you have to take on the drug companies and you have to take on the insurance companies. Uh, if you want to end gun violence in this country, you've got to take on the NRA and the gun manufacturers and fund it. Right. So it's important. It's important, 
I think for all of us to understand that connection between money and politics, and we have to restore our democracy to the people. You have to really break up the current system and say we need publicly funded elections. We need greater transparency and accountability uh, because you have to get this overwhelmingly uh, powerful influence mm -hmm. that the most uh, powerful moneyed interests have in outcomes. You know, this last tax bill, there's no better example, written in the dead of night by the special interests, even Republican members saying, oh, we have to get this bill passed because our donors will be furious if we don't. Right. So the truth is, you've really got to get money out of politics. So I'm glad that it's something that we're going to start talking about, passing um, reforms, and continue the conversation with the American people. Do, do you feel like laws will be passed? Do you feel like the, the Democratic House will be able to work with a Republican Senate and with the Republican president? I think it's possible, and you have to try. You just have to keep putting those ideas out there. And if you bring it to the people, they know that our democracy is broken, and they know that the system's rigged, and that the most powerful have such an outsized influence. Right. So they're going to be behind it, and they'll be behind it no matter where you live, whether it's a red state or a blue state or a purple state. People want to have their voices restored. And that's really what this book is about. It's what the last election was about, that our right to vote, our voting rights, our ability to be heard, our democracy only works when regular people stand up and demand it. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why I wrote this book, because it tells the story about how women actually earned the right to vote and what they had to do to get there. And so we cannot, we cannot lose sight of how important that right is. And so not only money out of politics, but also voting rights. It is a powerful book that's mm -hmm. come out uh at a very timely moment, you have more women going into um, Congress than ever before. Um, predominantly, predominantly on the Democratic side. And this book, Bold and Brave, 10 Heroes Who Won Women the Right to Vote. It's a beautiful book, and it, it seems like it's for children, but I was reading it and I was learning things. Um, and, and you would. So the you genuinely do, though. Yes. So you wouldn't know, I mean, Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth right. Cady Stanton, we've heard of those suffragists. Um, but do we, do we know what important roles Sojourner Truth played in actually getting the right to vote? Because she was one of the first to talk about the intersectionality between black women who had to not only abolish slavery first, but then also needed to get the right to vote to be right, heard, right, to have right. control over their lives. And so Sojourner was so amazing uh, because she put that issue squarely in the movement in one of the first women's rights conventions in Akron, Ohio. So she was a, a forerunner to other suffragists who came later who carried that banner, Ida B. Wells and Mary Church Terrell. Same with Harriet Tubman. I mean, she escaped slavery, and then went back to get other slaves um, free. And she never gave up. And what made her journey so powerful to me is the, just the pure empathy she had for the people that she was fighting for. Right. She, said, she said, I've heard their cries, I've heard their screams, I've felt their pain, and I would give every drop of my blood to free them. I mean, that was the unbelievable strength and courage to put herself in danger every day. And Do then, after all that, she went on and, and did speeches around the country for suffrage. Do you think it's, it's um, ever a bit of a, a paradox, or do you, do you find it perplexing that many women who vote today, specifically, let's say, for the Republican Party, vote in a way that many would consider against their best interests? So, for instance, you look at Brian Kemp in Georgia. Mm -hmm. You look at how many white women voted for him. Mm -hmm. You look at um, the Republican Party itself. You look at all of the votes that we saw in the midterms, and it looks like many white women are saying, yes, we, we, we're with you, as women, but that doesn't mean that our vote has to go that way. Why do you think there's such a disconnect between how the Democratic Party connects with many women of color and how many white women in America go, no, this is not the party for us? Well, I think it's a really uh, difficult question, to be honest, because they really are voting against their interest. 
Um, but what's changing that is the women who are running who are so inspiring that they are still winning. Like The fact that you have Stacey Abrams running in Georgia, if she could win this election, she's right. the first black woman governor ever in our country's history. And now she's demanding that every vote be counted. Um, transformational women like Kirsten Sinema winning in a red state of Arizona. Uh, First right. bisexual woman to be elected to the U.S. Senate who grew up in poverty, who actually knew what it was like to be homeless. Uh, part of her life, she lived in a gas an abandoned gas station. Mm -hmm. So when she comes to the U.S. Senate, she's going to shake things up. So I do think things are changing, and it's changing because of the number of women who turned out to vote. It's also the number of women who decided to run and the number of women of color who are running. It's exponentially different than in the past. Before I let you go, one of the most important questions everyone wants to ask you, ask you is whether or not you're running in 2020. Now, that's a question I've heard you answer over and over again. What interests me more is what you think the plan will be when the Democrats have 100 people running for 2020. <laughs> At what point do you think, as a person, you know that you should or should no longer be in a race? I know that's a tough question to ask because you haven't even said you're running yet, but is there a plan in place so that there isn't, like, a shit show where there's just 100 people on stage <laughs> all fighting for scraps? No. There is no plan? No. Huh. <laughs> Okay. Not at all. But I think, you know, for each person who will consider it, I think you just have to, you know, for me, it's very much a moral question about right. whether you need to use your time and talents to serve the country in that way. Of course, I will fight for New Yorkers and serve New York. Um, but you ask, I have to ask my own self, do I need to do this thing? Because this is a moment where people have to fight back with everything they have. And what President Trump has put out into the world is a lot of hate, a lot of division, a lot of anxiety. And all of us, all of us, you, me, everyone here, is called to do something in this moment. And we just have to decide what our something is. Bold and Brave is available now. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, everybody. We'll be right back. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And Laura was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. 
Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. My next guest is an actor who stars in the new movie, Creed 2. Please welcome Tessa Thompson. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. What a bumper year you have had. Westworld, Creed 2, New Men in Black, Annihilation, sorry to bother you. You're one of the few people who can binge watch themselves. <laughs> no. Do you ever stop and, 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 and take stock and just go like, you, you are having an amazing time right now. Congratulations. Thanks so much. Yeah, all the time. I feel incredibly lucky right. and just hearing you list the things I, I'm so excited in a time I mean I'm so bored of the word diversity mm-hmm. um, to me what's exciting is to have diverse ideas right. and I'm really I feel so lucky that I get to make work that's so different and feel like I'm not being boxed into a space because I don't think that's been the case for so long for someone that looks like me so I'm so grateful I, th- I think that's something I think that's something that's been really apparent with a lot of your characters. I find that your characters are never one-dimensional. You are playing people who are complex in spaces that you wouldn't normally see them. I mean, for instance, in Thor Ragnarok, you were playing what many people would have considered was supposed to be a blonde, blue-eyed, you know, Asgardian. And here you are kicking ass, playing a character who is bisexual and she's biracial in a world that you wouldn't expect it. When you're choosing the roles, do you bring that with you, or is it something that you look for when you're, when you're deciding on who you want to play? Yeah, I think selfishly I'm looking for it because I want to do things that interest me, that scare me, because that's, ex- that's exciting. Um, sort of in a macro way, I want to see women, particularly a black woman, women of color in those spaces. So selfishly, I'm also just like, where don't we exist? Right. Let's get us there. Like, I remember having conversations with Justin Simeon, who I made a film called Dear White People with, and he's like, there's just not enough black people in the future. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's get in the future, you know? Um, and making dear, you know, making a film like Dear White People was, was you know, we, there's not enough black people that get to talk about race, but with satire, right. you know, we get to talk about it in a space with a lot of misery and pain, which is real. But can we also talk about it in a different way? Um, or getting to do Sorry to Bother You, I'm just like, I love films that hang out in a space of magical realism. Like, I remember seeing films like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and being like, goodness, but there are just never black and brown people in those spaces. So I'm just always like, you know, where can, where can we be that right. we haven't been? You've taken it to, to another level and you are in some amazing blockbusters. I know Men in Black is coming out, but Creed 2 is out right now. Mm. And I mean, when Creed came out, it was a film 
that, excuse the pun, knocked everybody out because it, it came out of nowhere. Uh, that that it genuinely, inexcusable. It, it's, <laughs> you have to excuse it because, it, no, but it did. It came out of nowhere. Like, like um, you know, Michael B. Jordan yourself, it, it was a, you know, a, a love story on screen. You play a really interesting character. She's a singer who has hearing impediments, but she, she, she uses, it's like part of who she is as a person. And in this, in this, uh, this film, I don't want to give too much away, but it really feels like she is now the hero to Michael Jordan's story, where Michael B. Jordan's struggling as a character, and she has to be that rock. Did you, did you find that change when you were playing her? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we, we wanted to create a character, Ryan Coogler and I, the first time around, that sort of bucked convention. And I think so often you see in these sports movies that the, that the wife or the girlfriend is sort of this dutiful, just like stand by her man. She's either fretting over him or scolding him right. for his trespasses. And I, I do a fair amount of that in these movies too, just because you have to, it's sort of requisite. But we also wanted her to just have her own agency and have something that she was after. So she's a singer, she's self-produced, she does have progressive hearing loss, but it's something that she doesn't feel, um, you know, it's, it's not something that she's gonna hang her hat on or, or something that she's gonna let keep her from pursuing her dreams with vigor. And I think that's the case for so many people, that people that are disabled or with disabilities, they live really full, fantastic lives. Right. Um, and so I think that that's something that's, you know, really nuanced about her and unlike a lot of female characters in those spaces that I've seen. Yeah, what I found amazing in the story was it felt like your character was helping Michael with something that he was struggling with as opposed to the other way around. You, you would think on paper he would be helping her, but it felt like she was the crutch. When you look at having that agency in real life, Tessa Thompson is not just somebody who's in front of the camera. You're now producing your own content. You're now looking at creating your own stories. You have a project that you're really excited about. What is that gonna be? Um, it's, a, it's a project that I'm producing about this woman named Doris Payne, who is an 86-year-old diamond thief, and she's done it for decades. Um, I first, Cur Currently yeah. a diamond thief? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> as a matter of fact, in court, she listed as her occupation, diamond thief. <laughs> because she's a baller. <laughs> um, yeah, she's just this incredible woman that I heard about. There's a documentary about her that I watched that is fantastic. Have you seen it? Yes, you better see that doc. Um, and she, she's just so riveting, um, just as a character. And so I chased her down for two years. I sent her letters. Um, I could never get to her. And then she got arrested. she's a diamond thief. Yeah. Well, how are, you, how are you trying to catch a diamond thief? I don't understand this. Listen, ambition. <laughs> um, so I was trying to find her and I couldn't, I couldn't get to her. She had also promised her rights, of course, because she's a con woman to multiple people. So there was like a period where we couldn't mess with it. Otherwise it could have gotten litigious. So right. I was like, okay, let me back off for a second. But then she got arrested for stealing something from Macy's or something. So I knew where she was. <laughs> So I knew where she was, I wrote her, still didn't get through, right? And then she got arrested about a year ago again for stealing, uh, what, after she had turned 86, $86 worth of merchandise from a Walmart. Not by surprise, because in this internet space, now every time she gets arrested, she trends for a minute. So I, I, I'm convinced that she did it on purpose so that she could get a really good deal to option her life story, which she got in the form of me. We finally found her. <laughs> we found her, 
I, we sent a lawyer to Atlanta, Georgia to bail her out, no strings attached, get her settled in, and then start having conversations. And now, you know, we've been hanging out and working on the story, and I think it's a fascinating story about race. Um, I think she started this just, you know, not just to make money, but I think also because she said if she could walk in with the right bag and the right shoes, people would treat her differently. You know, she said she never thought that she was stealing anything because she only kept what they let her keep. And they would let her hang out with these diamonds and rubies and things because she looks so sharp. And I think there is something about that as, as people, you know, hopefully when we get it to a space where we're judged by our merit and, and not by what we look like. Um, but I love her. I love her so. That's exciting. I That's... could talk forever. Sorry. I'm so... <laughs> I'm, I'm, about I want, her. I want to see that movie now, so we're going to add that to the list. Creed 2, Men in Black. Tessa Thompson, everybody. Thank you. Creed 2 will be in theaters November 21st. Make sure you catch it. Tessa Thompson. Thank you so much. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy.